0: From the Ellen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your well-rested host, Ryan Trimble, sitting alongside the fishy Sean Williams.
1: Sean, good day, sir. Hey, what's happening, my friend? There was a lot of fishing going on in Paris, Texas on yesterday, man. I have to say you may have seen some of the photos that made it to social media. Um, And by the way, happy... 10th birthday to Malia Williams yesterday. She caught a big catfish on her 10th birthday, and we were all really excited.
0: That's right. I'm glad you took pictures of your catfish that
1: you caught, Sean, because it was going to be another just a big fish tale if you hadn't yeah, had. Yeah, that's why I had to take photo picture. evidence, and I didn't post the picture with me and my fish yet. Um, I was told that it looked like I came straight out of my Paris, Texas, country roots on my photo, <laughs> uh, which I do not, you know, deny, and I am not running away from. Uh, so I do need to post that picture to the social media
0: well uh you post that picture
1: city silker sean and uh we'll look forward to seeing that so yeah we were we were doing a lot of birthday celebrating we did a lot of fishing uh my mom was roasting hot dogs while we were out on the lake but what were the trembles up to for the holiday
0: well, Sean, this Memorial Day weekend was potty training weekend for one toddler in our household that um, did wish everybody a happy Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> which was the cutest thing ever. Um, but uh, all in all, it was a successful weekend. We did. Uh, we splashed around in the, uh, the water table out back, had some water balloon fights. There's a great picture um, of her sitting on the little potty, eating a popsicle. Uh, just having the time of her life. So it was a great weekend for the Trimbles. Uh, different than I expected, different than past uh, uh, Memorial Day weekends, but I did did get a chance to sneak in and watch uh, the last 20 laps or so of the Indy 500. Uh, congratulations again. Team Penske
1: comes away with another win, Sean. The farthest I got on that was I saw that Matt Damon and Christian Bell waved the the, the flag I think at the beginning. <laughs> that was the, and you, we talked Good. a little bit about uh, open wheel racing. Yes, as I stretch my driving racing vocabulary but i did see a open wheel race at texas motor speedway once uh, it was loud it was fun um a lot of circular action going on but it was it was it was Indeed. a good time but but you've been you've been to indy i've been five or six times okay
0: it's a blast a couple of buddies of mine and we used to always go uh good buddy of mine andrew Heisey. if you're listening I hope you are. Uh, Shout out to you for always uh, setting up the the
1: trip. Yeah, it's a blast, John. So you've gone from attending the Indianapolis 500 to watching it while potty training. Yes, and, and both...
0: Ended up being really fun
1: weekends in good, my life, good. so that's
0: it great. was <laughs> it was all good. But uh, happy Memorial Day! Thanks to to everybody uh, out there, and thank you to our to our veterans and those that we've lost uh, who gave the ultimate sacrifice, so that you know, Sean and I could uh, sit here and and
1: bring you all our presentation. So that we could exercise our right to podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very right. important. And that's we right. talked about you know military families and. Um, We have not in our family lost anyone uh, as a result of their service, but very fortunate to have um, uncles who served. um, And I I love to mention that my grandfather served in World War I, um, so military goes way back in our family. So proud to salute uh, those who served and proud to remember those who lost their lives during their service. That's right. That's right. Speaking of service, the end of the uh, Texas
0: legislative session also happened uh, yesterday. They, they gaveled out, both the House and the
1: Senate gaveled out sine die. Sean. I, I have to totally be totally honest with you. I did not know what Sin day or sin or I kept seeing it on social media, and I was like, "I, I know enough language and linguistics to know that whatever this is, it means the end and the end of the session." But I have, ne- I had never seen it referred to um, in that way.
0: Yes, yeah, sine die. without day is uh, the, a rough translation for you, Sean. If anyone would know, it
1: would be someone who's been through that, um, yes. Ryan Trimble.
0: It's, it's a pretty glorious day, unless. Like in some years past when I was down there, um, they gavel right back in for special session the next day. Kind of puts a damper on the signy die parties. But uh, congrats to all our friends who made it through yet another legislative session, 104-day, excuse me, 140-day uh, marathon slash sprint.
1: Well, I saw a lot of action on social media, and it looked like in Austin for signy die they had a sunny day. I see... What you did there. It was a bit of stretch, but you know what? I'm glad you're it glad took, yeah, you're participating. I, I, it took me a while on that one, yeah, but okay. I thought I'm trying to just do my you part miss, here. If you miss 100% of the shots, you don't take shots. shot. <laughs> yeah, if I don't try yeah. it, then there's no yeah. way. Um, so yeah, we, we've got a really great guest coming up today a really great friend of our show and a great friend of our firm because um, his daughter went to school with one of our owner's um, boys and so uh, through her I got to meet Dr. Brian Williams who is our guest today on Deconstructing Dallas and Dr. Williams came in uh, one of the reasons we or two reasons number one He's leaving Dallas, heading to Chicago. He's going to be the associate professor of surgery at the University of Chicago Medical Center. So uh, for those of us who know and love uh, Dr. Brian Williams for the work he's done here in our city, it's gonna be a big loss. But before he gets out of here in the next month or two, he's going to be a speaker, really the feature speaker at the Shop Talk Men's Health Forum that's coming up on September 1st at the Thurgood Marshall Rec Center at nine A. M. So we are we had an opportunity to talk to Dr. Williams about what he's gonna be talking about as well as a lot about his career and, and what we need to be doing to think about all of our all of us need to be doing to think about our health. Yeah, it was a
0: really exciting time to have him in the studio. I've never seen Sean Williams so locked in uh, on, a, on a guest. No offense to our previous guests, of course, but uh, this was a really, really interesting interview, and, and thanks again, Brian, for coming on. Uh, Sean, why don't we jump right into it? Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean Williams.
2: Over 111, and I had a stroke.
0: 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.
1: Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble Ryan, we often talk about how we have friends coming on the show with us And again, we're very fortunate to have a friend coming on with the show today We've got Dr. Brian Williams, who will be the Associate Professor of Surgery At the University of Chicago Medical Center
3: Brian, welcome John, thanks for having me. I've been wanting to have you on my show as well, but, uh, I mean, you've been pretty instrumental in making me become more out there as far as speaking up about things that matter to me in the community. Well, we're glad that we got you first, so that works
1: out. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm going to call in Brian. Brian, is that okay no, with you? I know you're. Fine. I know you are sticking I'm into for titles. the and yeah. titles, so I wanted to make, make sure with you that yes, that's good. Right? Okay. Yes, Brian. Okay. So, um, Brian, you know, a lot of our listeners... Probably know you from um, the fact that you were in the emergency room at Parkland uh, the night of the 7-7 police shooting in 2016, and we'll we'll talk about that. But really, because I've gotten to know you um, through our boss here, Jennifer Paschal, and seen and talked to you about your career and how you even got to this point. Would you mind just giving our listeners a little bit of the flavor of kind of how you got here and a, a little bit about your career?
3: sure so you know i tell people i'm a i'm a trauma surgeon that's what i've been trained to do but i really consider myself a, a social justice advocate who happens to be trained in medicine and i began my career my professional career adult career in the air force i was an aeronautical engineer and i did flight tests with no plans of becoming a doctor at that time um, but a lot of my friends were in the medical field so I became, became exposed to it, thought about doing it, and um, after maybe two or three years of the same, like maybe want to do medicine, I finally made the plunge, and I went to medical school when most folks were graduating. I was 27 when I went to medical school, uh, but I don't regret any of it. And from there, went to medical school in Tampa, residency in Boston, fellowship in Atlanta, and then I moved here to Dallas. The reason I came here was to work at Parkland Hospital. I wanted to work at a busy urban trauma center that was focused on you know indigent care. Um, and since then, you know, the path I thought I had laid out for myself has deviated and actually expanded to where I find myself doing things that are much more fulfilling to what's important to me as far as service to those who you know lack the resources and the access and the privilege that I have in, in my position so it's brought me a lot more joy and satisfaction
0: Brian I wanted to go back and focus on that word trauma. I, I've got a buddy who's a fireman, and uh, you know he will tell us about his night overnights, and he'll be at you know nine car pileups and you know mangled uh, vehicles and everything. But he he talks about it, and he he just he loves it. And so I feel like guys who deal with trauma are a really unique breed. So tell us, you become an expert on trauma. Tell
3: us why a trauma surgeon. Yeah, it is. It's somewhat of a dichotomy that I get such joy and job satisfaction as a result of traumatic injuries to (laughs) others, right? It's some of the worst days of their lives. You don't expect something traumatic to happen to you or your loved one uh, when you walk out the door to go to work that day, but things do happen. And I I enjoy the humanistic aspect of that, of being able to not only treat someone and try to help them get better, but get back to their pre- Uh, injury functioning, but to treat them as, as if they matter, like the humanistic side of that, like you as a person, I don't know your story, but I'm here to help you get better. So I've met a lot of people that have really, you know, I get as much out from them as I hope that they get from me. It's changed my life in ways that impact how I interact with people on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're on the front lines of the worst day of their life, like you said. Right. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not a doctor or an engineer. You're both. Um, but regardless of what we do, you know, we can find passion. We can find joy. And we can find our purpose in our work. And I'm just interested in what it's been like for you as you've taken that, that profession of a surgeon and married it to your feelings regarding social justice. You know, how have you made that transition as far as integrating those things together?
3: Yeah, when I first got into medicine about 20-something years ago, for me, it was it was about social justice. And I, I didn't call it that back then. It was that term, if it did exist, it wasn't something that I was using in my vernacular. But it was about it was about service to humanity. And over the course of medical school and residency and training, that part of me was kind of wrung out of me slowly. And it, it became about other things, uh, you know, volumes and research and all these other academic pursuits that, for me, I lost sight of the importance of why I was in it in in the first place. And, you know, the tragedy of 7-7, that sort of reset my thinking and my focus about What am I doing? Why am I here on this earth? Why do I have these skills? How should I put them to work? And it wasn't overnight, but it was, and it's a journey that continues to this day, actually. But I realized that there were many more facets to my identity, beyond just being a doctor. And I think that's hard for people
1: because I remember the conversation we had in Jennifer's office and you were still thinking through this in your head like, you knew that there was something else but people don't dig deep enough sometimes right. just to realize that they can do things that they love and are passionate about using
3: their vocation. And, and that's certainly a challenge because it's like I felt like I'm, I was seeing the code in the matrix and I'm telling everybody, look, there's so much more out there, and I'm being told, like, look, Brian, just get back into your box. Get back into your box, and you'll be fine. And some people, well, I'm talking about me, I thought about that for a while. That would have been the safe, easy, and somewhat comfortable route for me to take. Um, but I knew it wasn't right. I just knew that I, I could not do that. Once you, once I saw behind the curtain, you can't unsee that. And I, I had to pursue that somehow. And when you and I talked, I had no idea. I, like, I was looking for like, who do I talk to? Where do I go? Something's not right, but I don't have the answers. So I fumbled around for a long time to where I am now, where I feel uh, more focused, more comfortable, more, more confident. But recognize that there's still so much I don't know, but I'm okay with that not knowing. I feel like I'm moving in the right direction now.
0: What part of Dallas helped shape that that worldview? I mean, you you're at Parkland, and one in five babies, I think, are born in Texas at Parkland. Right. You you see everything all day, every day. What? But our, our city's in a really interesting time, where you know a lot of swirl in social social justice and social uh, scene here. What part of Dallas helped shape your worldview?
3: Well, you know, when I came here, my my view of Dallas was purely through the lens of healthcare, and it was through Parkland Hospital, which is, I spent a lot of time there. I mean, probably more time than my own family. So that was what I saw, and I was quite content with that, knowing that when I went to work every day, I was doing something that would serve the underserved part of the community. But there was still a, a lack of proximity for me with these these patients beyond beyond the ho- walls of the hospital uh, after 7-7, seven, seven, and you know I went from being I'm a v- very private person I avoided the media I, you know I was I was not a on Facebook I mean I was just, I kept my stuff to myself and suddenly I'm out there right not that I wanted to be but I was there and. You can only run from that so much until the point where I decided, am I going to embrace this or not? And Once I did that, I began to meet so many other people within Dallas that were doing great things that were in my backyard, and I had no idea, and I thought, wow, if I can take my skills and knowledge and connections and work with them, what can we do? And that's where community activism became more important. Uh, People outside of uh, medicine. Uh, I had this opportunity to to chair this police review board. Uh, Mayor Rawlings appointed me to do that. That opened up an entirely new world for me with uh, community activists as well as law enforcement within Dallas. Uh, So there is so much more behind the curtain that I didn't know existed. Now that I've seen it, I see all this this beauty and potential and challenges. But it's uh, it brings more meaning for me on a day to day. That there are things we can do to better moving moving together towards progress to make this a better city.
1: We are with Dr. Brian Williams noted noted as a trauma surgeon. Um, He spent time at Parkland at UT Southwestern. He's headed to the University of Chicago Medical Center. And you mentioned, you know, how the the police shootings in that night kind of sparked something that really you hadn't thought about in a while. And as far as your original purpose and, and social justice and things like that, and even when you get, and that was my first time really seeing you, was the interview that you did um, soon thereafter, that. and it's almost like as you're speaking, these things are formulating in your head. So what was it about that instance, that night,
3: you know, what what was it that made that spark? I wish I could give you a simple answer to that, and I think you're talking about the press conference that occurred four days after. Right. So. Initially, when I was asked to attend that press conference, I refused. I didn't want to be there. Uh, that was the most—that was the worst night of my career, and it still bothers me to this day. I didn't have any desire to be in front of cameras talking about this. Uh, my wife, she kind of gave me that nudge or a push, depending on. She's like, you... like you—you at least have to go there and be on camera because. I was I had a media blackout I wasn't following anything on media so I missed all of the rhetoric that was going on black lives matter blue lives matter all lives matter mm-hmm. I was oblivious to all of that and she said you need to get there so they can see you mm-hmm. <laughs> on camera and when I was there the press conference which we've seen a lot after these mass shootings it was kind of the same um, scripted unfeeling press conference and i'm sitting there thinking like there's so much more to this particular incident beyond all the others when you consider the protest that was downtown the targeting of law enforcement officers uh, the african-american shooter this is how these elements that were ready made for very toxic <laughs> mix and that was not being discussed and uh, really, just in the moment, I'm thinking, Brian, you need to say something about this. And if you don't say it, it'll never be said. And then the opportunity to make a difference uh, will be lost forever. But I'm also very worried. I was very worried. I was like if you say something, you will get fired. <laughs> I there was that was in my mind. Like I, I'm not here to talk about these things. I'm right. here to represent management. Um, but I made. I just accepted. Okay, I'll say this. I will get fired. But there's these times where you like decide like if what are you going to do? What are you willing to do in the name of social justice? What are you meaning willing to do for what you know is right? You can either shrink into silence, or you can step forward and accept that risk and do what's right. And uh, I think it's a lesson for everybody that on a daily basis in our life, just so happened that for me it played out on national television uh and from that point i couldn't go back in this high (laughs) after this all happened um but it had a huge impact it it, it went viral uh which i learned about long after the fact and i still to this day people will people strangers say hey i saw what you said that day and you know thank you for what you said or never thought about it this way or uh, it certainly had a lasting impact beyond what I could have ever imagined.
0: Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back after a quick break with our guest, Brian Williams. Stick with us.
2: guru Nicole Martins Ferreira believes the modern definition of entrepreneurship is about transforming the world by solving big problems like initiating social change creating an innovative product or presenting a new life changing solution. In the podcast you're listening to, we're exploring the life of one of America's most successful entrepreneurs, Phil Romano a man who through his innovative thinking, keen business sense and relentless creativity changed the restaurant world as we know it We've covered a lot of ground, but if you want to learn more about Phil, a man who has made a difference, I highly recommend buying his book, The Mad Entrepreneur. This book captures Phil's entrepreneurial spirit and is a must read for anyone interested in starting a business, taking a risk, capitalizing on an opportunity, or realizing a dream. If you're ready to get mad, then log on to www.philipjromano.com. That's Philip with one L, philipjromano.com. And for the low price of $22, you can get your own copy of The Mad Entrepreneur. Learn the secrets of how to get MAD and make a difference. I hope you'll check it out and get your copy of The Mad Entrepreneur today.
0: are back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're back today with our guest Brian Williams and really exciting stuff coming up. Sean, you've been uh, taking lead on Shop Talk, the second annual Shop Talk Men's Health Forum. Lo and behold, Brian is giving <laughs> the keynote address at the event. So, uh, Sean, Brian, do you want to tell us a little
1: bit more about Shop Talk? Well, I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about this being a conference where um, men need to take control of their health, they need to be responsible for their health, and we, our guest last week, Timmy Newsom, talked about his role, um, where he'll be coming on also to talk about his health after his NFL career, and so You know, Dr. Williams, Brian, I know one of the the talks that you'll be giving is the keynote speech, but you're talking about resilience. And it's it's a term we're hearing a lot about, even for resilient cities, but how do you bounce back from trauma? And I know that's part of your talk, so I wanted to see if you might be able or willing to give us a tease (laughs) on what you'll be talking about at
3: Shop Talk on Saturday. Well, sure. And I thank you for inviting me to come speak at the, at the event. When we talk about men's health, there's so many things we could discuss, from chronic health issues. Uh, but I thought resilience would be a, a good topic to discuss, simply because mainly this, the stigma attached to any discussions about mental health for, for men, uh, especially in African American men. This is, you know, you know, being strong, black men, we don't discuss these things. and. I felt that I could use my story and my journey to get people willing to discuss um, about resilience. And I just want to to give people just six topics you can talk about, you know, three things to know beforehand and three things to know afterwards, because you don't want something to happen to you and then you're trying to scramble around trying to figure this out. That's what leads to uh, uh, prolonged suffering and, you know, sometimes inability to even recover. So resilience, if something, some adverse event happens to you and you, you define that for yourself, are you injured, is it a you know relationship breakup or you lose your job, something that just kind of changes your worldview, uh, whatever it is that knocks you off kilter, you want to come back after that event better than you were before, you don't want to let that, that define you. So in advance, if you know some things about yourself, like there's the when I talk about the three um, response styles. There's hypervigilant, avoidant, and ruminative. Um, just briefly, the people that are hypervigilant, they're the ones that, in a crisis, they perform very well. They like the crisis situations, they perform well, they think and act fast, uh, but the problem is for them is that afterwards, they just don't feel right. They need that kind of adrenaline rush all the time. Uh, the ruminative folks are the ones that when something bad happens, they just can, they keep thinking about it all the time. They, they run that movie in their head nonstop, which in and of itself can be emotionally and physically exhausting. Um, but the upside is that they sometimes can develop creative solutions to problems. And then the third is the avoidant. They just don't t- think about it. They compartmentalize and they get back to work, which I can say there's an upside. They get back to work. But the downside is that those emotions they build up over time, and that can also be debilitating. Right. So if you know if you're a ruminative, hypervigilant, or avoidant, and the reality is we're all some mix of those. But understanding those, those response styles, when it's happening to you, you can figure out what to do. You know, Do you need to uh, take a break and think about it? Do you need to exercise? Something to help you uh, process the event. Then there's after the event. How do you come back? that's when it's important to know who your people are. You need to have a good social support network within work and outside of work. You need to have, find somehow find some purpose in what's happening, either through spirituality, helping others. For me, I'm a speaker now, I speak about these things. And then physical self-care. People forget their physical self-care, so something, Exercise, yoga, walking, whatever it is to get you out there. So those six things, your response styles and what I call the things you have in your toolbox so that when you're ready, you reach in and grab what you need. You're not sitting there fumbling and still suffering. So I will talk about that, but I'll personalize using my own story. It's one thing to get up there and have a PowerPoint and say, yeah, you need to do this. right? But when I get up there and say, look, I've been through this and here's what I did do. Here's what I didn't do. I think that has more impact for people. I think it gives them permission to admit to themselves that, hey, uh, this could or has happened to me.
1: I need to get to Shop Talk, Sean. That's <laughs> I'm, what I'm, I'm trying do. to make sure you sign up on Eventbrite uh, <laughs> I and you go and search yeah. Shop Talk Dallas on Eventbrite. And we need to get you signed up. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I do this for a living. I know. Okay. I know that
3: was that was smooth. That was very smooth
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, So so you know when, when, when I think about people that that need to hear this talk It would be like first responders who are always in it. They're the hypervigilant type, but literally everybody needs this type of
3: preparation exactly and I mean, I think that's the very key point there is that this can happen to anyone yeah, and I'm sure there's people in your you're in your office today, there's someone out there right now that's going through something that could benefit from, from this. So even if it's not you, you may be able to help someone yeah. that is going through an event. That's why this is a, this is a universal topic. It's, it's universal. It doesn't just apply to people that are on the front lines of disaster all the time. Yeah.
1: You know, we are losing you to the city of Chicago, which I'm a little bit salty about, but I'm happy for you and your family because I know it's a great opportunity. Um, And and we're aware from media reports about the gun violence in Chicago uh, and some of the things that they deal with there. And there are many places around the country that are dealing with gun violence. And I've heard of gun violence as talked about as a medical issue. You know, it's not just a law enforcement issue and a crime issue, it's a medical issue. Could you talk to to those terms? Because I get it, but
3: then sometimes I don't get it. Absolutely. So I'd like to talk about gun violence as a public health problem. Yeah. So when you look at it through the lens of public health, you recognize that there are so many touch points that we need to address to reduce gun violence. If it's purely, say as a trauma surgeon, I look at it as, okay, you get shot, you come in, I treat you and send you home. Well, if I send you right back out to the situation where you're that you got you shot in the first place, uh, I've not done you any good, right? I've not done the community any good. Right. So we need to look at this from a much larger perspective, which would include law enforcement, which would include talking to the people in their communities and say, what solutions do you think we should do, as opposed to me giving you a solution? Uh, this would involve advocacy within with uh, politicians because there's so much more involved with gun violence than just someone having a gun and shooting it as someone uh, and the roots of all this comes back to poverty right it comes back mm-hmm. to impoverished neighborhoods that there's less economic opportunity there's educational deficiencies um, food deserts health care inequities that's all the the structures that feed into violence overall, and gun violence is one part of that. So looking at it from a public health aspect, from that standpoint, is a way that we need to look at it to try to find some solutions to this. And that's why I'm excited about Chicago, because the group I'm joining, they all think like that, but they also have the, the support of the leadership of the Department of Surgery as well as the institution uh, to make it make a difference. It's kind of baked into the DNA of Chicago when you talk about social justice.
0: Interesting. Well, Sean, I could talk to Brian all day, but I wanted to give our listeners a chance to find you
3: uh, online, your uh, Twitter, uh, well, so, any social media handles you have. Sure. I'm most active on Twitter at BHWilliamsMD. You can also go to my website, BrianWilliamsMD.com. That has all my tags there, and you can also send me an email there. And uh, I have a a podcast myself called Race, Violence, and Medicine, which is available anywhere you get your podcasts. So those are the three three places that you can uh, track me down. But like I said, Twitter, that's where I'm most active, at BHWilliamsMD becoming pretty savvy at this whole marketing situation, <laughs> um, definitely.
1: Dr. Williams, Brian, we appreciate the time, in. It's good to see you. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to miss you when you leave, but it gives me a chance and a reason to go to Chicago, so I appreciate that.
3: Can I say something, though? I, I still have some feet here in Dallas, you know? Okay. I got some community things going on, that I'm not just going to stop. I'll That's be back enough. here in September, you know, for the Dallas Holocaust Museum opening, so... Yeah. It's good to know. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna just drop you and turn me <laughs> and right. well, not look well,
1: back. Well, give <laughs> me a shout. Maybe we can go to our second office at Jalisco and uh, kind of <laughs> hang out for a quick minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, thanks again, Brian. Uh, and, and this was great. And we look forward to hearing you at Shop Talk. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back after this. Constructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, we are back and we had a wonderful time talking with our friend Dr. Brian Williams. Big times, big thanks to Brian for coming on and uh, best wishes as he makes his transition up to Chi-Town. He transitioned from engineering to the medical field yeah. <laughs> like that that's pretty big time right there and and again i mean not to go back over everything but just you know my, my thing that i take away from even knowing him is regardless of what your profession is you can find a way to make a difference and you know he's he's a busy guy but he's still you know he's still giving his time to service and you know, that's a
0: the 7 7 16 was a really uh, interesting time, but it is when Sean Williams became more of a permanent fixture in my life uh, right around that time. So, man, I remember that all of that vividly, and, uh, you know, we got to work with uh, the president's office, President Obama's office, President Bush's office on coming together and Mayor Rawlings' office, and so that was uh, that was quite an
1: interesting time. And uh, in a time I don't think any of us will forget. Obviously, he won't forget that, yeah, and, you know, as he was kind of telling his personal story, I think that's when we were really locked in. Like, yeah. I really lost kind of the fact that we were on a podcast. I was just listening to him yeah. tell his story.
0: Yeah, it was really great. So thank you again, Brian, for coming on uh here's your PSA for the day early voting for Dallas civic elections including the uh Dallas mayor's race uh start today uh run through June 4th uh So get out there and exercise your civic duty, everyone. Uh,
1: I'm an early voter. I think you are, too. I'm definitely an early voter.
0: Uh, Several runoffs around town. Be sure to get out and uh, cast your vote. Make
1: your voice heard. We we hear a lot about how bad the voter turnout is in a non-presidential election, and even if it's not midterms, but this is an important election to determine who will be representing our city. And so again, we encourage each and every one of you to get out, exercise your right. We talked about Memorial Day. There are people who have literally lost their lives, not only abroad in conflict, but also uh, here on American soil who were um, protesting for our right to vote. Uh, And when I say our, I mean each and every one of us. So get out there. Very good. I will. All right, well, this has been Deconstructing Dallas. We appreciate each of you for listening to us. This is an Allen Media production. We want to thank our owners of Allen Media, Jennifer Paschal. We want to thank Mary Woodleaf. Again, we want to thank Dr. Brian Williams. We are excited to hear his upcoming talk at Shop Talk, a men's health forum. And we are excited about what his future holds as he moves to Chicago. Uh, And we look forward to seeing many great things from Dr. Williams. We want to ask you to go to um, Go to Apple Podcast And I like to say leave us a 5 star review Because it sounds great But we want you to give us 5 stars And give us a review Both, that would be great And we want to thank everyone who does that We always promote Apple Podcast Because we know so many of you listen there But myself, I listen on Stitcher So whether it be Stitcher, SoundCloud We realize we have a lot of listeners on YouTube Please let us know what you think, regardless of what your platform is. So until we are back and until we meet again, uh, if you need some other content to listen to, please check out the Phil Romano story, MAD, the Phil Romano story podcast, also on these same podcasting stations. For Ryan Trimble, this is Sean Williams. Adios.